And good morning, everybody. Welcome back. How's everyone doing today? And um, starting a little bit later, I'd figure um, 9 a.m. I don't know. I feel like the people are still kind of like a little bit asleep. So I figured uh, going about an hour later, I'm going to test out the times over the next couple of weeks. So sometimes I might start at 11. Sometimes I might start at one in the afternoon, find that little sweet spot and then go live on those points. That's the idea. That's the idea of it. But as you're coming in, feel free to say hi. Don't forget to smash the like button. If this is your first time checking out this live stream, please take the moment to subscribe. What the hell are you waiting for? Subscribe. Um, and hit the bell icon, too, and select all notifications. And you'll get notifications when I go live. As uh, That's what we're mostly doing nowadays on this channel. So, um, yeah, for those that's on the Facebook side, what's up to you guys? For those on the Twitch side, what's up for you? What up to you guys too as well? Uh, Michael, hey, welcome, man. How's it going? Um, so, you know, just to kind of get started, I mean, later on today, I will upload like the full uh, video clips from the speed test that I took in various places here in my city uh, with Visible 5G and the Pixel 5. We're just going to talk about Visible 5G. We're going to talk about the results that I have. I did make a short montage for you guys um, just to kind of give you guys reference in this live stream of what I was getting speed-wise in different areas. Uh, Michael says, I'm up early. I have school. Zoom at 1030. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, So um, just to kind of give you guys a backstory, but before, wait, before I get into that, before I get into that, I almost missed it. I almost missed it. Yes, the, the the channel members, shout out to you guys. Thank you guys so much for being members of the channel. Really appreciate you guys for doing that. And um, yes, if you guys definitely want to help out the podcast, just share on your favorite social platform so other people can catch a wind of the show, come in and, you know, chit-chat about tech, movies, comics, toys, video games, gameplay, all those things here. Um, yeah, so share this around. It really, 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 really helped me out. Really well. So <clears throat> anyway, just kind of give you guys a backstory of like how, how all this went down last night. Because this, this this wasn't even like, I didn't even have this idea to talk about this today. I had no idea at all whatsoever. What? Why is it? Everything's going off on my phones. Sorry about that. Anyways, um, so I was on Reddit and uh, decided to go check out, you know, has anyone with the Pixel 5 on Visible actually got 5G opened up for them? Because when Visible started to give access to 5G uh, to their customers, it was iPhone 12 users only. And then they slowly started to open up on the Android side, starting with the Samsung Galaxy S20, the uh, S21, and um, I think the the uh, Note. Yeah, the Note 20. Keep forgetting about the Note because it seems like that, like Samsung's abandoning the Note, but that's for a different subject. But um, anyways, so the Pixel 5 was on there. It's 5G capable. The 4A 5G is 5G capable on Visible, and yet um, neither one of those phones had 5G access for quite some time. It was a it was a good amount of time that they didn't have 5G access. I was literally starting to think that maybe they would have totally forgot about the Pixel 5. And that just would have been like, that would have been it. Like, boom, moved on to the next one. Uh, but that's not the case. As I was on Reddit last night and someone was like, yo, I just got an email from Visible. And they said that my Pixel 5 will have access to 5G. All I have to do is go into settings and do system update. And then after that, reboot and 5G access. So I was like, oh, okay. So with this latest uh, security update with March brought 
5G access for visible customers on the Pixel 5. So I decided to pop my Metro SIM out of my Pixel 5 and then throw in my visible SIM. And it was connected to LTE inside my room here. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe just doing like a like a reboot. So I rebooted the phone. And uh, lo and behold, when the phone booted up and everything loaded back up, the icon on the top changed from LTE to 5G. So I was like, yay, we got 5G. 5G in the house for Pixel 5. And then I was like thinking to myself, but remember what Visible said that uh, data speeds will be capped at 200 megabits per second? And I was like, okay, so don't don't expect you know, like 800 megabits per second on a down or anything like that. Yeah, I told myself that. And um, sure enough, yeah, I mean, here in my apartment, Visible and Verizon is not not that good here. Um, so I did a couple of speed tests inside here, right here at my desk. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, I show this to people. People are going to be like, what the hell, Tito? That's bad. <laughs> that's really, really, really bad. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, Visible is not that great inside here. Uh you know, AT&T is like second and strangely and oddly enough, Metro by T-Mobile is actually a lot stronger here in the apartment complex that I live at in this area. And so I downloaded Root, uh, the Root Metrics app on my phone um, just to kind of see where 5G is at, you know, um, as uh, the Root Metrics app pretty much like grids your city in hexes, like a hexagon shape. And um you can see like where 5G is known to be at uh, from, you know, people who test that area, um, which areas is like LTE and so on. And so I figured I would contribute to root metrics by also doing speed tests. All right. You know what? <laughs> uh, no, not, not that. Where's my, there it is. The silence village idiots silence. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Shush. Shush. Turn these notifications off. Anyways, um, so yeah, you know, I downloaded Root Metrics. I was going to run some speed tests and kind of contribute to the Root Metrics app and um, and show some results here. So um, I made a quick montage for you guys so you guys can kind of see what I'm talking about uh, when it comes to the speeds. Now, um, just understand, like I said, first of all, visible is capped at 200 megabits per second. And I have a theory that that cap will be lifted in the future as they've done for LTE as well. Um, so right now, you know, the speeds are going to be, and at least for me, I saw the speeds were very equivalent to LTE speeds. So uh, that's something that I want you guys to keep in mind. And I guess Kind of lower the volume for the video so that that's not overpowering. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, these are the speeds that I was getting. Um, I mean, they're they're very com they're very comparable to to LTE, right? Uh, nothing that's like over extravagant. Nothing that you would do cartwheels for. Um, it's not even reaching the capped peak potential. Okay, with this this speed that I'm doing right here. You know, it was uh, 4.74 on the down and then 7.27 on the up. You know, so I was thinking that probably needs some time to just, you know, um, like, I don't know, just connect to the network because I had just popped a SIM inside there. But you can also see that the bars that I have for visible was like low. There's another test right here, 21.4 on the down. And then... Um, you can see the uplink is just steady under 10... 10 megabits per second, so 8.54 on the uplink. The uplink's not bad. 
you can live stream with that. So, uh, in this particular clip, I was actually in Northwest Phoenix, so near uh, in Glendale, kind of near the uh, Peoria area. And as you can see, they're um, getting a little bit better speeds, right? So, like, you know, 85, 100. So, it's like reaching over 100, kind of fluctuating between like 90 and 100. Um, about 138 on the down. And, you know, about 30 on the up. So that's not bad, right? But, you know, I also got to say this too, before even getting 5G access with visible in the Pixel 5, I was able to get like 146 on the down and about the same on the uplink on just LTE alone. So, you know, I just want to point that out. The, the LTE speeds is pretty much similar to what you would get with visible 5G on the Pixel 5. Now, I can't say that this is the same types of speeds that you would get if you had like the, the, the Galaxy S20 or the S21. Uh, and the reason why I would say that is because different modems, right? We know that the Pixel 5 had the X52 modem from Qualcomm. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the, what the S20 has. It could be the X55. Um, but yeah, these are the speeds that I'm getting with uh, 5G on visible and you know okay they're not horrible they're not super trash but to a lot of people they would they would so definitely expect this to actually be um literally just you know they I mean to a lot of people you know when you say 5G and you know people you know especially with visible and Verizon people automatically expect and think that it's going to be gigabits down and gigabits up. And it's we're not even at that point yet, you know. Um, you know, like I said, in the video that I'm uploading later today, that's going to have more of the speed test that I've done all over the city. Um, I even said it in that video for people to understand. Like, if you want to know what the growth is for Verizon, then, you know, check out Sneed Mobile Tech because last night's live stream he did, when he talked about C-band and CBRS, and just kind of, you know, I mean, that's what I told you guys. That's where I learned my stuff from. I watch his videos. I watch his live streams. I listen to what he has to say and kind of just, you know, do my research myself. And, um, you know, for the predictions and the projected path that Verizon's going, Verizon is going to be amazing, you know, within a year or two. And um, Visible, which is under the Verizon umbrella, will we'll see that. It'll trickle down to them. And we will see some good stuff out of them. So I don't hold any like ill will towards visible. I'm not upset or disappointed uh, in, in some of the speeds that I got. So um, later on today, check my channel. I'll make sure that I tweeted it out too. Once I put that video up online for everybody to see all the different speed tests I've done. Because there's about 11 minutes worth of footage. Um, so yeah, you guys will see. You know, the, 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 the average, I would say, from all the speed tests, just collectively, the average I got was about maybe like 50 megabits on a down and maybe just about um, 20 to 30 on the uplink. Jose, good morning to you and what's up? Um, yeah, so be on the lookout for that video when I upload it later. However, my theory is, okay, because, again, visible 5G is capped at 200 megabits per second on the down. That's no secret. It's capped at 200 megabits per second on the down the downlink side. Um, and like I said, I've, I told you I told people this before. When Visible approached me to test their network out 
and kind of used me as a YouTube content creator, as one of the content creators they selected to help market visible to, you know, the masses. Um, they made my account for me when, so technically I didn't sign up for visible service, like on my own, they did everything. They just sent me the SIM card and I used it and I got one month free on them to test out the network. And then I had told them I wanted to keep the account and they converted it from one of their business accounts to a private account. And, um, by doing so, I just ended up just keeping the visible line and still have it. It's, it's my active line today, same number and everything. Um, but when I got it, uh, when they gave it to me, there was an embargo that they had on me for three weeks. I couldn't tell nobody that I knew that they were going to uncap the LTE speeds. Uh, prior to the, the uncapping of the speeds, the visible had a data cap at eight megabits per second, similar to Cricket Wireless. And um, yeah, so you had uh, you had the potential on the Verizon network to have fully unlimited, and then they capped it. You know, just. So at the at the point where they announced that they were uncapping their data is when myself and the other creators they approached were able to start making videos on YouTube talking about that. And so I think that's what's happening here with Visible 5G, that um, initially it's capped at 200 megabits per second. So you're not even getting close to gigabit speeds if you're on Visible with a 5G-capable phone. However, um, I feel like that as time goes, so shall the data cap they will take it off, you know, once Verizon's network is, you know, like foolproof to be able to withstand the amount of traffic, um, you know, that's, that's where the problem comes. Jose makes a great point right here too. I want people to kind of understand this. Remember that Visible 5G has a limit of 200 megabits per second on the downlink. The uplink is limitless. That's what I was saying. It's like when I refer to, to the 200 megabits per second, that's capped is downlink. Um, but Jose pretty much, um, yeah. So those, <laughs> that's all that comment. Remember that the uplink is limitless and the uplink for content creators like myself, Sneed, Carlos, you know, the, the SMT crew, those people that, that go live, they may not go live on YouTube, but they go live on various different places such as Twitter, you know, haps, you know, just other sources where they go live at the uplink is where it matters for live streaming. So that's where, you know, when we look at it, we, we don't just look at it in, in the point where we only judge by the download. We judge by the download and the upload. We got to. You know, if I go to a place when I travel, when I go places with my family to travel, visible is my go-to for hotspot because it's, yeah, it, it, it's great. Yes, there is a cap on visible hotspot. There is a cap. I don't know if I'm affected by it because people say it's like five megabits per second with the cap on visible hotspot. And that's on the downlink, but uh, I've gotten faster download speeds with the hotspot. I should make a video one day showing that. Um, but, you know, live streaming holds up pretty well. So, like, my go-tos for hotspot is the AT&T line and visible. Um, that is pretty much uh, what I use when I go out of places. But, yes, the uplink is limitless, and that that's beneficial, you know. And it's not just for content creators, too. You also got to think about it. Like, if you're working on a project for work or whatever, and then you have to, like, like everything that you put together, maybe you're putting together, um, well, what are those things? Uh, a PowerPoint or something like that, you know? When um, you, you want to, like, upload your project to whatever cloud storage you use, whether it's Drive or SugarSync or Dropbox or whatever, you know, the upload... The uplink is the upload. And when you have a high uplink means that you can move 
you know, da- you know, like data from your computer, Chromebook or MacBook, you you can move it faster to the cloud by it having that much uplink. And uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, so it's not only for content creators to be able to live stream. I mean, that is what we look at when we're judging stuff. You know, the uplink, the download matters too because of what you download. All information you download to your smartphone matters, but also the uplink for live streaming. And for those people who are not even content creators, maybe you just want to live stream on Instagram or you want to live stream, you know, to Facebook, just something that you're at, at, a, at an event, a city event, maybe, a, you know, the beach, maybe you went, um, you know, hiking and it's a beautiful view and you just want to like share the moment with people live. I mean, lots of people live stream today. They don't have to be content creators. They says, I've been contemplating on switching to visible as my primary. Uh, visible is pretty solid. Uh, right now, it's still not my primary. Um, I ended up putting the visible sim back in. Uh, well, I put it in my Pixel 4 and I uh, brought my Pixel 4 back out to use. And I put my Metro sim back in my Pixel 5 since, um, you know, Metro is still pretty holding strong here. Um, but visible is is there. With iPhones, Pixel, some model of phones, you get Wi-Fi calling and visual voice mode with visible. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, visible completely dependent on on data. I mean, for those who don't know, visible technically is the guinea pig for um, for Verizon. I don't know if you guys remember, like when Verizon was announcing that they were going to shut down their their CDMA, they were going to get rid of it, um, and solely just dependent on LTE and five G. And visible is that guinea pig to test that out because none of the visible phones, none of the visible lines access CDMA at all. They don't. They don't access three G. It's all LTE. Um, and now currently, you know, 5G. Sure, downloads are capped at 200 megabits, but still, it's 5G. See, Tim and 36. Jose, they say that um, I got 600 or so on visible 5G, likely connected to millimeter wave. Yes, I mean, that's the other thing, too, about it. Um, that's, that's one thing that... So there are like some people that will actually connect to, you know, to a millimeter wave and be able to get like higher speeds. I've seen posts and heard people talk about that. And so when I was driving around the city last night, um, I was looking for that to see if I can find it and then test that out. So I might um, this weekend, I might go and do that. Uh, Me and the lady, you know, we we like to hang out and stuff like that, you know, make time for ourselves. So, you know, I might just have her just take me to different places. Like I'll probably talk with, you know, I'll get with Carlos on Twitter on a DM, try to find out because he knows where the spots are for Verizon millimeter wave here in, uh, in Phoenix. And then I'll go to those places with uh, the visible SIM in my pixel five. And then I'll go test and find out, um, see if it, if it goes beyond that 200 megabits per second, that's definitely something I think a lot of people want to know. So there'll be more videos that I, that I do about the visible 5g speed testing in Phoenix. Now that I have it, have access to it, I'll be able to actually go and test that out. Um, let's see. Hey, good morning, Gene. How's it going? Mr. Gene. Let's see. Metro is my primary. Yeah. I don't, I can't really say that I have a primary. Um, I just let people know that when I leave the house, what phone I have on me. Sometimes I just only feel like carrying one phone. I'm like, you know, like I'll take like the iPhone 10s with me. And then like anyone that I know that might be messaging me around the time that I'm away from home or whatever, and I let them know like, Hey, I have the AT&T line. So they know that what number to, what number to text me or call me on. Um, then I'll tell them like, you know, if I feel like carrying my Metro phone, uh, the pixel five with Metro and I'll be like, Hey, you know, I, I got the, I got the Metro phone with me and call that number, text that number, you know, but my, like my kids today, they don't even text. They don't even call. 
they all use like Instagram or Facebook. So it doesn't really matter what phone I take with me. I think the only person I really have to like let them know what phone I have on me is my dad. My dad's old school. You know, I love my dad very much. Shout out to my dad. But um, yeah, my dad's the only one that will actually call me on the phone and talk to me and he'll, he'll call me or he'll text me, you know. And like he'll text me and, 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 you know, he uses voice to text and then he uses the suggested uh, stuff. So he'll, he'll like he'll call the te- call me or he'll text me. Uh, he'll use voice to text and then the little suggested stuff will suggest an emoji. And if and whatever emoji it, it suggests, my dad hits that emoji. <laughs> I thought it was funny, but it's like uh, my dad is uh, he's getting into into texting while everybody else is just relying on like, you know, other stuff like um, like Instagram messaging or. Uh, Twitter DM or Facebook Messenger, and those types of things. Um, even Google Chat, uh, Google Chat. As uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, I'm, how many of you guys still use Hangouts? Because I believe Hangouts is gone, or like you know, pretty much like a, it's just a shell. It's 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 been gutted completely. Because um, a lot of my conversations that were on Hangouts are now completely on Google Chat, and Google Chat has pretty much like opened up for me so that's what i have right now you still use hangouts uh but it's gutted right like they completely gutted it from a lot of the stuff that it used to have because i don't even have hangouts on, on hangouts on my phone i should download it just for nostalgic purposes just to, just to leave that icon on there that would be i don't know i'm weird like that uh, my dad has an iphone 7 uh, he won't get a newer iphone he'll get a newer iphone when that iphone 7 completely craps out and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, my dad is the, is 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 the exact same way. Like I gave him my Pixel Three, so he has my Pixel Three. He's still using it, uh, and he won't stop using it until it starts to give him like massive problems. Like let's say like it doesn't keep a charge anymore, and it just completely craps out on him. You know, then then he'll go and get another phone. But as long as it's still, you know, as long as he's not getting headaches from the phone. He'll be totally fine using it. Let's see. You only use Hangouts for messages. You know, it's funny, Jose. If you message me on Hangouts, I can message you back, like respond back to you through Google Chat because they'll show up in my Google Chat feed that you're messaging me. So that's actually kind of funny. Um, let's see. I use Zoom. I hate Google Meet. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. If if they incorporate what Duo is into Google Meet, then I'm totally fine with just Google Meet being there. Um, personally, uh, between the two, I I like the feel of um, of Duo more than I do of Google Meet. But I under, I understand what Google Meet is. I, I know what it is. It's just really, it's just what like what Zoom is. There's not really a difference all too much between Zoom and Google Meet. I mean, there might be some slight differences, like you know, where you access certain tools that you may have within Zoom may be different where you will access it in Google Meet and um, that. But technically, it's just group video meeting, which is actually, you know, being overtaken by voice group meetings. Google Chat is lame. <laughs> it doesn't have the bells and whistles that Hangouts has. But then also, I got to say this too to a lot of people out there. If if there was people that like really hated on on uh, on Google Hangouts, um, if you hated on Google Hangouts, and then you look at Google Chat right now, and you're like, Google Chat sucks. It's boring and blah blah blah. 
Well, all I got to say to those people that hate it on Hangouts is that's what you asked for. You asked for something boring, you know, because Hangouts did have something to it. I don't know why people would complain about a color or something like that would really throw off the experience. But uh, as far as what Hangouts could have been, the the uh, the AIO in uh, communications for Google, it was it was technically going to be the all in one app. You can do everything from it, make a phone call through it. You can do uh, carrier text messaging through it. You can do, you know, like an online chat with it. And you can do video calls with it. You know, it, it was it was great, but everyone just complained so much and literally just like kind of brought it down. Little by little, it started to, you know, they just decided to can the whole thing. And from that point, it all went downhill. Google Meet is confusing. I, I mean... I don't know. You know, everyone has their opinion on it. I'm not going to tell anyone that their opinion is wrong. Google Meet to me is pretty easy to use. Pretty simple. I mean, of course, it's going to cater to Google accounts because it is a Google service, you know, whereas Zoom, Zoom is, you know, third party service. So it, you know, of course, they're going to make it to where it's it's, uh, accessible and easier to use for anyone that is familiar with different platforms. But Google Meet is just really Google. So I don't know. Now just play around with it, man. Like all things in life, things that you may find confusing or whatever, I'd say just play around with it. You'd be surprised um, once you figure it out, you know? You just got to have someone to kind of like be a, a guinea pig with you to kind of test that out. That, that That's the thing about it. Mm. Morning tea. Yeah, so while that's up there, um, let me... Okay, so we're connected to 5G on Metro, and I'll run a speed test again instead of showing you last night's results. So this is 5G speed test uh, inside my home with Metro. I'm like, all cell reception here is pretty, pretty bad, but I got to say that this is actually pretty decent because visible inside here would get like three megabits per second download. And then on the uplink, it'll just kill off. That's how weak Verizon signal is in my apartment. Metro, I'm pulling this. So I'm okay with that on Metro 5G or T-Mobile 5G, basically. I'm okay with that is why I'll keep it inside there. Uh, Gene with the super chat, five bucks. Thank you so much for the super chat, bro. Appreciate it. And super sticker. I'll check that super sticker out later in the replay of the chat. When someone wants to tell me what the sticker is, because it's just weird how StreamYard, if someone sends you a super sticker, it can't show you what the super sticker is. At least, or at least I don't know that it can. If anyone knows how or what setting I got to change in StreamYard, let me know, because I like seeing the super stickers. Um, if you want to let me know which one it was, is it, is it the, the little pear looking bird lifting weights or something? I don't know. Just let me know. But um, thanks again, Gene. You didn't have to, but I really appreciate that. And uh, my kiddos will appreciate that. Most people are on Zoom now. Churches, schools, large groups, and one classroom is not an option. Yeah, you know, because Zoom capitalized on it, right? Like like the moment that um, last year, about a year ago, yeah, around this time, a year ago, when they were like already saying like, you know, they wanted to lock down the country, um, Zoom capitalized. Because that was the first thing that a lot of people heard of, right? I mean, at least for me here, you know, here out towards West, that's that's, that's the first thing I heard of, of, you know, some sort of like group meeting, you know, because I know Duo released being able to video call with like, you know, 
more than than five people on the video call and i was like oh that's pretty cool but then all of a sudden like zoom just came out of nowhere and everyone like commercials on you know youtube commercials on tv tv commercials on you know netflix you know was it netflix no not netflix hulu hulu um and it was always talking about zoom so zoom came out of the gate they capitalized on it and so yeah of course that usually that's how it goes with things out there, right? If you are the first to push something that people would need in a time when they need it, your name will be synonymous with that time. It, it's forever. Doesn't matter. I can build something that's like, you know, 10 times better than Zoom. And maybe I'll get a good amount of people using it, but it will not topple Zoom because more people use zoom see that's how these services work at the end of the day i can preach to you guys i can pitch a specific service that i know of that works great doesn't matter how great it is because if i'm using it and nobody else is using it then how the hell can i even, how can i even you know first of all how can i even say it's great but let's say that there's only maybe like three people i know that use the service or whatever like i can't i can't really say how amazing it is because there's not enough people on there using it, you know? So more people use Zoom and Zoom is going to, Zoom is going to keep that. However, um, I am kind of happy to say that at least over here, schools are opening back up this month. Um, my kid's elementary school, you know, is, is opened up on March 17th. So March 17th students can return if they want to do in, in-class learning or they can, they can remain remote for the rest of this year. But next year, next school year, it's, fully at it's fully back there's no remote classes so um you know kind of you know the kids are kind of happy about that um my second oldest son he he's going he's actually going to be able to step foot in his high school for the first time uh come this um i think the end of this month you know but it's also crazy too because they have this thing here in arizona called the az merits test and uh, so I got notifications from my daughter's school that, you know, for that test, they have to take it at the school. So we're going to be have, we're going to have to like, you know, take the kids over there and uh, drop them off so they can you know be at school testing. Uh, this is a test that, you know, they have to pass in order to pass to the next grade, especially for my youngest daughter. Uh, for her grade to move to the next grade, it, it's definite state requirement. She passes that test. Otherwise, she is automatically held back. It doesn't matter if she has, you know, B's and C's. She's held back. Um, you got to pass that test, which I'm totally fine with. There's some people that want to abolish that test. I'm totally fine with it because I don't like the no child left behind idea. That was, you know, it was pretty stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, if I offend other people by this, but I don't feel like that, you know, um, that my daughter's feelings should be intact and pass them to a grade that they're going to fail at because they didn't absorb what they needed to from the previous grade. That's why there's levels to this ish. There's levels to this ish because you've got to know that level and understand everything of that level to move to the next level. Um, and today with elementary schools, they're more concerned about, how the child feels. And, and, and I, and I'm thankful that they actually care how my daughters feel. They actually worry about them feeling left out because they didn't pass to the next grade with the rest of their class. If, if they were to have happen to fail. And, you know, I have talks with my daughters too. And I tell them, you know, I 
don't want them to fail a grade. But, you know, if it becomes that bad, I don't want them to feel discouraged if they don't get moved to the next grade only because I don't want them to struggle. That's what I suffered as a kid. I was the no child left behind thing was around in, in my days in, uh, in middle school. So they moved me from the seventh to the eighth grade. And I'll tell you guys right now, my seventh grade year, I didn't attend school at all. Like I was such a bad rebel that I literally, um, I only went to lunch period for the entire school year. Like you would see me in the morning on, on school grounds. I would say what's up to my friends or whatever. Then I would bail out of school, you know, go to the beach, go surf, go boogie board, just, you know, kick back with some of my friends that I knew over there, drink a little bit. And then at around uh, like 1050, I would make my way back to my school because at, what was it? 1115. Uh, it was 11.15 to 12 noon was lunch. So I would get there in time. So I would go and eat for free because <laughs> I had free lunch. And then after lunch, you know, you know, after I ate, I would hang out with my friends, you know, and just kick it with them for a little bit. And then right before the lunch bell, I would make my way back off school campus, hop on the city bus, make my way back over, you know, to whatever beach I was at, whether I was at, you know, San Island uh, you know, if I went to um, Kaka'ako or even Waikiki Beach or even Ala Moana Beach Park, whatever, we'll go back to those places where my other friends was at and kick it with them until about nine, ten o'clock at night and head home for the night. So as you can see, I didn't go to school for an entire year, seventh grade. Um, and they passed me. They passed me. And I was just like, I didn't I didn't learn a damn thing. In seventh grade, so what the hell am I going to do in eighth grade? And uh, luckily, luckily, you know, my my guidance counselor was actually pretty cool. So in eighth grade, because he understood like what I did, it was my fault. It's nobody's fault but my fault. You know, he was like they had this thing called a correspondence uh, course. So while I was in eighth grade, I was taking seventh grade courses at the same time and uh, was able to pass to the ninth grade because I had all my eighth grade my credits for eighth grade. And I had done all the stuff that I needed from from the, the the courses I was taking for seventh grade simultaneously. So basically, I just did two grades in one year, and then went to to ninth grade. So that was the thing. Um, it was just kind of funny. Like I tell people all the time. So I mean, yeah, the no child left behind thing I don't agree with. Uh, because yeah, you, you'll you'll struggle. To, it's just like they're going to keep passing you until until you graduate. And you, if, if they pass you all the way till you graduate, you graduate with nothing. Then what the hell are you going to do when you're an adult? You don't comprehend things. You don't understand things. And therefore, you're just you're set to fail. You're set to stay at the bottom of the barrel. You won't excel in anything um, unless you go to night school and stuff like that. And, and, you know, get the knowledge that you missed through your elementary years. Then, yeah. But anyways, that's education and stuff like that. That's just my thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> hey, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon, coffee. How you doing? Um, so anyways, yeah, I got to say this uh, when it comes to visible 5G. Kind of like went way off rail and kind of like just went back in. The, the Casey Jr. effect. I don't know if you guys know who Casey Jr. is. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm expecting good things with visible 5G. I really am. Uh, in, in the future. And um, 
But uh, at some point, as it gets better here in Phoenix, you know, I'll switch it around and put my Metro SIM inside, maybe like the Pixel 4, maybe another device, and uh, use Visible. Because Visible, to me, honestly, I mean, you you get the best out of it. At the end of the day, you get the best out of it. 25 bucks a month if you're a part of a party and a party pay. 25 bucks a month. Um, you know, you can make that bill five bucks a month just by doing referrals. You know, unlimited, unlimited data, you know, no, uh, no throttling, sort of, if you're on LTE side, if you're on 5G sides, it's not, it's capped, not throttled, but it's capped at 200 megabits per second on the down, but you know, it's not capped on the uplink, uh, unlimited hotspot. So there's not like a, a set amount that you can have. You can use as much hotspot as you want. That is capped also as well. Um, theoried capped at five megabits per second on the down, We'll have to see. I got to test that. Um, but all that for 25 bucks, you know, you just can't beat that. Schools have to become more concerned with how students feel. Students' mental health, poor mental health, ignoring mental health will increase school shootings and violence. Um, yeah, I'll agree with you there on that. But there's also there, there's also another quintessential thing that's that's that you didn't say in that that statement. Um, so concerns of mental health. Here's my thing on that. Cause trust me, I went, I had, I had school shrinks in the seventh and eighth grade. I had a, um, let's just call her what she is. A shrink come visit me Tuesdays and Thursdays to see how I'm doing. Um, okay. Here's the thing about that. The biggest problem today, the reason why these kids have a lot of these uh, emotional issues with them that's, you know, just tearing away at them. The reason why that there's, you know, poor mental health and everything like that. One, you know, kids aren't challenged the way that they used to be. This is my opinion. You can you could disagree with it if you want to. But today, there's nothing challenging for the youth. They're not challenged. Two, they don't have the support. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids that are in single parent homes, or even they're in homes with both parents, but both parents are too busy with this instead of making time to, you know, uh, groom and grow their kids. And and by that, you know, without that type of support, without that type of love shown from a parent um, and attention, you know, of course kids, kids can feel alone. They can get boxed in their minds. They can seek uh, what they're not getting at home elsewhere, which can put them in the direct path of somebody that's going to, you know, cause super, you know, um, traumatic, like mental drama for the rest of their life. Um, it really goes down to, to parents. I put a lot of the responsibility on parents and I, and, and to me, it kind of like, you know, I'll be straight. I don't dig when, when people try to take that responsibility off parents, when they want to try to advocate, like, you know, it's not always the parents fault. No, it is, you know? And I put that, I put that same standard on myself. You know, if my, if my kids do something that's like completely wrong, it's my fault. It is my child's fault too. 
I, you know, they're going to get, they're going to get the blame of the actual action of whatever they've done, but it also falls on me as well because I'm their dad. I'm supposed to be showing them right and wrong. I'm supposed to be showing them, you know, I'm supposed to be guiding them. You know, I'm supposed to be teaching them. Um, so yeah, when it comes to things like this, where they talk about like how a student feels, yes, you do, you do got to care about how students feel, but a student's feeling should never override the schooling system into where they just pass you because they don't want you to feel bad. Cause then what they're setting you up for failure. It's it's always going to be a setup for failure if all you if all you focus on is oh my gosh I don't want you know little little Timmy to you know feel bad I don't want him to cry that his friends went to the fifth grade and he stayed in the fourth grade and so by that we are going to uh, we're going to go ahead and pass him so you know you do it so little Timmy won't cry but now you know little Timmy's in the grade with the rest of his friends but he doesn't understand a dang thing that the teacher's talking about because uh, he didn't absorb nothing in the previous grade and you just literally just like let him go to the next grade. You know what I mean? It has to be a balance of things, but you can't skimp out on the education part. They've got, they've got to know. They've got to know these things in order to apply them in the next grade that they go to. You set them up for failure and since people are like, well, we have to care about how the child feels. How do you think the child's going to feel when other people are excelling faster than they are because they were just passed to another grade so they wouldn't feel bad? They're just, they're going to feel more worse. I know I did because it happened to me. I'm not speaking from reading a book. I'm speaking from experience. I've had you know teachers pass me just because they they felt they didn't want me to feel bad and the no child left behind thing was already enacted when i was in school and i felt like shit i was embarrassed because my weakness in math is fractions and decimals and it always has been but not adding and subtracting multiplying and dividing has always been my weakness with uh, with it, with fractions and decimals. And even my daughters know that because they're already learning this stuff and they can see where I make the flaws at. And it's, you know, it's odd when my daughter has to correct me on what I'm doing, but I'm kind of happy she does because that means that I know that she, that, that she knows that. Coffee says, oh boy, there's a subject I don't agree on at all. What subject? <laughs> and, and what do you mean by you don't agree on? Like, this is a safe haven space, you know what I mean? Please, everyone understand that. You have a right to say what you want to say, and it's always welcomed on here. Unless you're personally attacking somebody on here, then I got to give you the boot. But whatever you, whatever you feel or think, you are free to express it here. So I just want to make sure I make that known to everybody. Yeah. Your free speech is here. You can have it here. I'm not... Just because people either agree or disagree with me, I'm not going to cancel them out. I swear. Scout's honor. So, And some of you guys know this. Michael, you should know this. There's things that you and I disagreed on, and you still have the grounds to, to say what you want to say. So, uh, see, this is part of mental health. If you fail your schoolwork, you'll feel like crap. Right. So you shouldn't pass people. <laughs> shouldn't pass people 
even if they fail, just to make them feel good because then all you're doing is making them feel like crap. But yes, you know, mental health, that's what I'm saying. Like to a, to a degree, I agree with you. And some of it, I, I you know, I, I disagree. Like the school shootings and stuff like that. I feel like to, you know, when those, when those types of scenarios happen and then, you know, like when they happen, right. I don't know if people actually dig or do they just believe everything that the news says. But when I see stuff like that, when, when they talk about like, you know, school shootings and stuff like that, uh, what I tend to do is tend to dig in and kind of see things, right? And, and 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 things get uncovered over time, and I don't forget, you know. And one of the things that I've noticed about these things that have to do with like, you know, these school attacks and stuff like that or whatever, which you know we don't want. I, I wouldn't want my kids in that predicament. But I notice this too, like like some of the parents, they don't make time with their kids, and and their kids are obviously showing signs, but they're not catching those signs, you know. They're they're they're. Like the whole cliche thing of typical teenagers, they don't ever want to talk to their parents. You know, that's that's a load of crap. We may not want to talk to our parents about what girl in, in, in school pretty much has my attention and makes me want to go ahead and, you know, lose my virginity. We're not going to tell our parents that. Maybe we'll, maybe the guys will tell their dads and the girls will talk to their moms about those types of things. But we're not just going to outright say it like, yeah, dad, today I saw the girl that I want to give my virginity to. <laughs> like, no, we don't do that. But... When when your when your child like kind of secludes themselves in a box, when they're very quiet, when uh their expressions on their faces are just completely changed, you as a parent should be getting involved. You should try to pry. People are like, don't pry. Um <laughs> coffee. I'm, I'm too lazy to elaborate. <laughs> That's why. But I'll say this. Okay, so here it comes. Coffee's about to have something, a good size response to, I guess, whatever I said or whatever was said. Um, you know, like, I don't expect parents to, like, like have it fully locked down, right? Because nothing is 100% perfect in this world. You know what I mean? But I do feel like that today there are parents that are really concerned with uh, with the digital world over the, the well-being and uh, their responsibility to their young ones. Um, and that needs, that, that, that needs to change. That's my opinion. I feel like that, you know, when you got kids, you kind of sacrifice a lot of things. I feel that way strongly about it. Um, there's a reason why, like, you know, I mean, I live stream during the day around this time, you know, because my kids are on their school computers and they're doing class, but the reason why I don't get to join in, like, you know, when Steve goes live in the evening, why I don't get to join him, you know, because I want to. And there, there's times where they're talking about something that I just want to be in the conversation with them on it. But I can't because the evening time is the time that I spend with my kids. And I will I won't really cut that. <laughs> OK, here we go. Here's coffee's response. The so-called society. I hate that word has pushed upon people that they have to be they have to be married and have kids or you're a freak. So people actually do that and not like not say they really want. And that results in Okay. Um so I mean I don't I don't know how it's projected in 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 your area coffee, but um isn't that's not projected here where we are. Um, if you're one that doesn't want to get married and doesn't want to have kids and, and buckle down and have a family, then 
you're not looked at as a freak here in the U.S. Uh, I can say that much because there's a lot of people here that just don't want to be married. I mean, they may want to have like a boyfriend or a girlfriend and that's just good enough for them. And it's never, they're never looked on as that they're different from everybody else. Or maybe they want to be married, you know, to commit to each other in that type of relationship to show that they are life partners, but they, neither one of them wants to have kids. And just because they don't have kids, you know, people don't look at them and say, Oh my God, man, you're weird. You didn't want, you you don't want to have kids. Like, uh, at least I can say this, we embrace people's, uh, you know, what, what they want, how they want it, how they want to live their lives. You know, we're more concerned about living our own life than we are concerned. Well, not so much today in this generation, but at least in my generation growing up, we were more concerned about living our own lives than watching other people live their lives. Um, but the point that I'm making about all that, I see where you're going with what you're saying, but the point that I was making with it is, is that, you know, schools really try to push the whole be concerned of your child's feelings as if we as parents don't already know that. But I think the failed communication between parents and schools today is that when parents want to project that um, while their child's mental health obviously is a great concern because you want your child to grow up sane enough for them to be able to be successful in the world, you know, comprehending things, understanding things and figuring things out for themselves. That's the whole reason why we're parents in the first place. We're just here to guide them so that way they can go on their own and make conscious decisions for what's best for them and live their life and not, you know, completely fail in life. That that's, but um, projecting to schools that, okay, you know, you're more concerned about my son crying that he doesn't pass kindergarten. And I'm more concerned about you putting him in the first grade. And then, you know, this whole thing you're worried about, about his feelings. Uh, how do you think he's going to feel when the teacher says, okay, you know, because some teachers are like this. Some teachers don't make sure that everybody knows what they should know. They automatically assume you know it because you were passed from the previous grade to the grade that they teach. And so they'll be like, okay, class, we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, we're going to conjugate verbs. You didn't learn that in the previous grade. And, you know, what student is going to raise their hand and say they didn't understand that? Some will. Some some don't care what everyone thinks about them. And they will raise their hand and say, hey, uh, I'm, not, I'm not following you. Can you explain that? Then the teacher will know, okay, that person doesn't understand it. But then there are those who care about what their peers think about them. And they will just kind of like shrug their shoulders and kind of just hide within themselves because they don't want the class to look at them and call them a dummy. And they wouldn't be in that predicament if the school didn't just make their mental health the, the, the top priority as a crutch to a child's development rather than, you know, looking at all factors of what would be the best course of action for that, for that kid. And um, to, for me, failing a child in school on a grade is not detrimental to their growth, you know? And you know what? They don't even have to call it failing. That's what I understand. They can rework the school system around. I mean, hell, I did it. I took seventh and eighth grade together. 
because I purposely failed the seventh grade because I cut school the entire school year to, you know, to go bullshit around with, with friends of mine and, you know, drink and surf and all that other shit and try to be the bad boy because that's what mattered to me was my image back then, you know, as a stupid teenager was, you know, I wanted everyone to think that I was, I was that, that, that dude that can just do what the hell he wanted to. And I failed the entire seventh grade. Not because I was an idiot. Well, I was an idiot. <laughs> I just wasn't stupid, <laughs> but I was an idiot. I should have went to school. Uh, but anyways, but I mean, I made it harder for myself. It took seventh and eighth grade together the following year to get to the ninth grade on time. And I did it. So. Uh, when disturbing things happen, shootings, murder, suicides, you have to figure out what sent that person over the edge. Mental health would prevent these things. Yes, of course. That's that, That's the whole thing about it. You know, but you can't you can't disable an entire generation of people and assume that they're all going to be that way. Right. There are many different factors that goes into, you know, mental health and and growth of, of a kid. You know, I've been in the system for it. I mean, that wasn't, you know, to, to be honest with you guys, you know, because we're openly talking now. We've gone way past the whole the whole 5G thing. So, um. You know, to, to be quite honest with everybody, you know, so um, I don't think it's no secret, but, you know, I grew up in a broken home. OK, uh, my mother and father divorced. And um, basically, we lived with my dad mostly. You know, my mom went from place to place. Sometimes she would show up like, you know, they separated. I think I was like. Um, I was they separated when I was four. And their divorce was uh, was finalized, I think, when I was four or five. Because the last time I remember seeing my mom was when I was five years old. I know this because my dad, you know, he put together a birthday party for me and invited all my friends in the neighborhood that we lived at. Um, and, yeah, my cake, they called my cake a meatloaf cake because it looked like a giant, um, like a giant ho-ho. <laughs> So they call it a meatloaf cake, but that was my fifth birthday cake. And my mom showed up and she showed up to bring me a gift. Um, she hung out for a little bit and then she left during my birthday party. And then I didn't see my mom for two years. She didn't come back around till I was about seven years old. And then, uh, yeah, she came back. She came back around to say goodbye when I was seven because she had left the Philippines and went to Guam. And um, we were on the Philippines because my dad was in the United States Air Force. So we were stationed in Clark Air Base. I didn't leave Clark Air Base until the Mount Pinatubo eruption that had us evacuate off the base and board the USS Abraham Lincoln from Subic Naval Station in the Philippines. That's how I left the Philippines. But, you know, I didn't see my mom for, for a long time, you know. So my dad was always worried about, you know, what we thought. So we always saw the, the school counselor. Um, People were always wondering why I would get pulled from classes, right? So I had to do my work quickly in certain classes because there was designated time set up where I had to go to the counselor's office, not to talk to the school counselor, but to talk to an actual shrink. Um, that actually progressed more when I was an adolescent because of like, you know, all the hormonal changes in my body and everything like that, you know, coupled with the fact that, you know, my dad remarried and, um, 
I had it in my head that I wasn't accepted, you know, because when, when I was young growing up and, and this is how media plays such a big role in how, how people think. So as I was growing up, one of the things that, that we saw a lot of movies based on was like when parents split up and when parents remarry, they always, they always portray this, the step parent to be bad or evil, or like the step parent is not going to accept you, you know, accept their partner's child. And little do they know that actually does kind of put the seed in people's heads. So like when my dad remarried, um, to my stepmom, who I call my mom, um, I I wasn't open and, and accepting to it, you know. Um, so therefore, I felt like that I wasn't wanted around, you know, or like I honestly felt like growing up, like um, like my dad was going to care more for my my younger brother and sister because. Um, those are his kids that he has with his wife. You know, like I felt like that I was just gonna be casted aside because I was the product of the failed marriage before the successful marriage. So I felt like that everything about me was, you know, like like was just bad, was just no good for him, you know? Like like when you upgrade from an old phone to a new phone, that old phone just no longer has your attention type of thing. That's how I felt. I felt like that, okay, you know what? Um, I'm going to beat them to the punch before they can make me cry. Like I felt like I was going to beat them to the punch before they can hurt me. So I closed myself off to any attempt that they would try to make to bridge it, to make us just a family. Cause that's all my dad ever wanted was just for us to be a family. And, um, I wasn't, I wasn't allowing that, you know, I, I was, I was scared of that. Um, not trying to give too much of uh, my dad's personal life away because my dad's a very private person. So I'm not going to go into details about a lot of things, but just from my perspective and just keeping it to my perspective, that's how I felt. And I felt that for a long time. As a matter of fact, to be honest with a lot of you guys, I felt that way up until my late, not late, but like my early kind of close to mid thirties. You know, I felt like that, you know, I felt like that my dad only acknowledged me as his son because Technically, he can't deny it. I, I, I have his blood. You know, it wasn't until my dad and I had like a really deep conversation. And it's actually when I buried the hatchet with um, the past. You know what I mean? Because I had to sit back and look at all the things that I've done. I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't a saint. I wasn't the, you know, the, the kid that every parent would be proud of because they always do the right thing. I actually did the opposite. You know, I did. I was like... I was so enrooted in the underworld of Waikiki, right? People are going to laugh at that and be like, Waikiki has an underworld? Yes, it does. It has an underworld of drugs, trafficking, you name it. They do it there. There is an underworld in the whole place of like, you know, where people go to vacation slash paradise. One of the paradise points of vacation besides the Bahamas and other places. There is a dark, there is a dark world in Waikiki where, you know, I actually was in that world. I knew people involved in it. I knew who the dealers were. I know what they dealt. You know, I know what police officers were corrupt because there was police officers that were, that were, you know, pimping prostitutes. <laughs> they were doing it and I knew who they were, you know, they were untouchable to an extent, very corrupt. I was involved in that, did a lot of bad crimes, things that I'm not proud of. 
<clears throat> you know, things that like if I can track down every person that I ever affected, I literally with all the money fly to those places just to see them face to face and apologize to them face to face and accept whatever, whatever they would do back to me in order to make things right. Like I live with those things. I use that as my, my uh, foundation to try and teach my kids of what not to do, what not to fall to, what not to, you know, the, the traps that's set out there for teens, you know, the people that prey upon teens it is the reason why for the time, you know, when my older sister was doing the, the whole thing with, with in Hawaii about trying to stop human trafficking and, and, you know, on, on children, on kids, why I brought her onto the channel to talk about it, why she and I talked about it, you know, cause I, I seen things like this personally, seen things like this dealt with it. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't want anyone to kind of go through that. I, I would never want that for anybody out there. Never would. Um, so, you know, me, me being who I was and all the things that I've done, I never realized just how much stress I put on my dad, you know, and, and, uh, my stepmom or my mom, you know, she loves my dad very much. They're still together today. And, you know, it's only normal for her to be upset with me because she's watching my dad stress out. She's watching my dad lose sleep, you know, because there was times where like I would just leave home and I wouldn't come home for like a month. You know, I would have, you know, clothes stashed at people's houses that I knew and I would just run the streets all night long, you know, and and to me, I felt like my dad didn't care. I felt like, you know, my dad just, you know, he has my little brother and sister and his wife. So they're like, you know, they get to be a complete family all on their own. Never knowing that my dad would actually like stay up. Like, you know, he worked at six o'clock in the morning all, all the way until about four in the afternoon, he would come home. Um, and that, and that's, that's backbreaking work. You know, he was, you know, civil service worker, but he was working for hat for hazardous materials. So he was a hazmat worker on the, the naval base in uh, Pearl Harbor. And uh, backbreaking work, doing the stuff that he was doing, disposing of chemicals properly and things like that. And then he would come home and uh, eat dinner, hang out with, uh, you know, my, my stepmom and my brother and sister and them. And then he would go lay in bed about 10 o'clock at night. But he wasn't asleep. He wouldn't sleep till about three in the morning because he was worried. He was afraid he was going to get a phone call saying, you know, your son was killed you know, and stuff like that. Cause of course we have gangs in Hawaii and, and whatnot. And, you know, they, they try to emulate what they see in movies like boys in the hood or, you know, um, menace to society. So they try to do those same things, you know, because they want to put Hawaii on the map. They want the 808 state to be recognized like how California is recognized for gang activity. So they want to be very gang active there. So they do the really dumbest things in the world. And my dad knew about that. And so he was afraid, he was afraid he was going to get that call that I was seriously hurt or I was dead. You know, especially when he found out what I was doing and who and like, you know, the places that I was hanging out at, like Chinatown at night in Hawaii was not the place to be at during the day. Yeah, you see, like, you know, the Chinese markets are open they're selling, you know, their fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, little stands and people are selling the duck. You walk by the butcher shop and there's a duck in the mirror hanging and you can go get you duck or whatever. But once all those businesses shut down in Chinatown and Hawaii at night, that's where the, the, the underworld scene comes up. That's where all the dope dealers, all the crackheads, you know, all the prostitution, all that stuff just starts happening. And of course, the gangs are very active at night out there. Um, 
So yeah, he was always worried. So he wouldn't go to sleep till like three because like, he would stay up until his body couldn't take it anymore. He would pass out. But then he would be up at like 5 a.m. So I was like, you know, because of my antics, my dad was only getting like two hours of sleep at time. That's sometimes. And um, yeah, you know, so I put my dad and my stepmom through hell. You know, from age 12 all the way till, you know, age uh, 18. Six years. Six years of crap for me. Let's see, Michael says, I grew up in a single-parent home. My mother's top priorities for my development was education, health, doctors, and therapists. In other words, your mother was a mother. Now that we use the internet to do everything, kids are at risk if a parent is not monitoring. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to worry about those things. You got to monitor those things. You got to be on top of it. And like, you know, like when it comes to that, that digital world stuff, one of the best things that I do, because my, my kids are limited to what they do with their phones. They're limited on what what time they spend on their phones. Um, And like, you know, it's funny because like some of the kids in this neighborhood, they look at my kids like my kids are weird because my kids play with like actual toys. You know, my kids read books. My kids, you know, they play with puzzles. And they probably think like, you know, they're being punished, but they're not being punished. My kids find those things entertaining because I showed them that those things could be entertaining and it's entertaining for them. And therefore mobile phones is not the only thing they care about. The internet is not the only things that they care about. Those are some of the things that, you know, I try to have differently. Like my oldest daughter, no, she's starting to figure out that she's got to be on the web, you know, because she's, she's already developing. So, you know, she, one social platforms or whatever, whatnot. And I told her like, you know, with these things, you know, I have to be able to monitor it. Her mom has to be able to monitor it. So, you know, and that's something that me and the lady, we, we, we still discuss that. You know, we haven't made any, any minds up if we're going to allow her to have a full fledged Facebook account. Um, I'm kind of like, no, <laughs> um, you know, my lady, she's, she's a little bit worried about the same things too. So I think we're leaning more towards a no. Um, so I told her if she does end up getting one, I need the password and the password will not change. If the password changes, the phone gets taken away until she logs in and gives me the password and then I'll close her account to, for her to have a Facebook. Yeah. So she can, you know, communicate with my dad and, and, um, and uh, my sister in Hawaii, cause they're pretty active on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, for me, I feel like maybe another year or two. <laughs> that's just how I feel. Um, but yeah, you definitely got today. You definitely got to watch it, watch what your kids are doing. You got to monitor them very, very, very closely. Cause, uh, heck, what was it? There was like a game that these predators were on baiting kids with a game. And it was, it was a game that, the, that schools use. These guys were able to get in on the server uh, and, and, and set up a profile and play on these games and then chat with these kids that are doing this game because this game is a, it's like a, a learning game for the school, but it's a game. It's a game environment, but it's teaching you at the same time type of thing. Cause everyone wants to try and make things easier. And these guys were on there and they were preying upon students. And it was just like the things that happen nowadays, you have to absolutely be careful. So, you know, with that type of stuff, you have to be on top of everything. This is why, with uh, my, my daughters, uh, they have iPhones right now. So 
Um, my youngest daughter has the iPhone 6S. I gave that to her. Not the youngest, but my oldest daughter has a 6S. I gave that to her. My youngest has the, uh, the, the original iPhone SE. So she's using that. And um, yeah, everything that they do, I see. Like, I mean, part of the, the stipulation of them having a phone is that I get to go through it. So my, my fingerprints is on it. I can un- unlock their phone. As a matter of fact, they need my fingerprint to buy things on the app store because they don't know the password to their iCloud account. I haven't given it to them. So <laughs> when they want something, they have to ask me. And I got to know what it is before I even approve it. Um, anyways, yeah, maybe we'll talk about that in another subject time. Um, you know, security for your kids. I know I've touched base on that subject before, but it's a subject that I feel like that we should always give attention to and kind of update it. Because some of you guys probably found something that works really, really, really well that we didn't say in the last live stream talking about, you know, protecting your kids online that, you know, needs to get out there. So maybe we'll do that. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow will be that thing. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But all I know is this. When it comes to the digital world, to best protect your kids if you don't want them submerged in the digital world is to make time for them, give them attention, and limit the time that they're on the digital world. Have them do things, run around and play, run outside and play. But you got to sit outside and watch them nowadays. You can't just let your kids go outside and play by themselves. Like, like when I was a kid, I can go to the park down the street. My dad didn't have to go with me. But nowadays, you can't even do that. Kids can't do that because this world just got crazier and crazier. However, um, yes, give them different things to do. Don't let them read books through ebooks. Give them physical books to read. Buy puzzles for them. Introduce them to things that you did as a kid and see if they gravitate towards it. Show them things. Teach them things. You know, kids want to learn. That is that is absolute truth. Kids want to know everything. So show them. Now my daughter is learning to cook more and more. Pretty soon, my oldest daughter is going to be the one that helps with the cooking. And she's actually fully interested in it. Baking is one of her biggest things. So who knows? Maybe she'll, she wants a bakery when she grows up. I told her. It's not hard. It, it's it's not hard to plan for it, but you got to plan for it. The work to get there is going to be hard, but it's going to be hard and satisfying. Hard to get there to own your own bakery, satisfying when you open your first bakery, and then you still got to do the hard work to maintain it so you can grow. She un- she kind of understands that, but she'll get it more as she's getting older and she matures, and then she'll understand how business works. And she's got her dad to help her with that. Anyways, um, I do want to thank everyone that popped in and hung out, you know, for the visible 5G. Look out later on. I'll have the full video of all the speed tests that I took last night. And you guys can see all the results. And I, I talk about it on there, too, as well. Um, those that hung out for these unorthodox, uh, you know, um, conversations, which I think is good. Dialogue like this is healthy, whether you agree or disagree. You know, you have respect and you can talk. I think it's wonderful. And I think it's great. It allows people to get whatever that's on their chest, off their chest, without feeling that they have to be oppressed or silenced. So just remember that when we have these open discussions, you are more than welcome to to uh, jump in and, you know, discuss what you think. And no one's going to shut you down. I can't guarantee you that everyone's going to agree with you. Someone may disagree with you, 
But that doesn't mean that your thought is not welcomed here because it is. It very so much is welcomed here. So please understand this is a safe haven for you to say what's on your mind to a degree. Just not personally attacking anybody, though creepy weirdness. And if it's considered trolling, that's not welcomed here. You'll get banned. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Take it easy. Enjoy the rest of what is today because I lost track of today's Thursday, right? Yeah, it's Thursday. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. So right now I will see you guys tomorrow. Um, probably around the same time, about 10, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. my time. Um, and yeah, until then, peace. Have a great rest of your day. Be safe out there. Stay sharp. <laughs>